What's going on? Yerks here. Welcome to Yerks Talks. How we doing? Happy Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. How can you not love sports? To, yeah, last weekend, I mean, oh man, it was just so good. How, how can you just not love sports, man? It was insane. Baseball was great. The games yesterday, a ton of awesome games. I I just, I'm just so glad I was into sports when I was younger. Started with basket hoops, playing that. Got more into football. Been getting more into baseball these past few years, particularly getting way more into it. I just, oh man, it's just so great. Even people that don't watch sports, they still tune in for the Super Bowl, for the World Series. When FIFA's, or when the FIFA World Cup's going, they watch that. It's great, man. Oh, phenomenal. But yes, it is Monday. October 26th. Hope everybody's having a solid start to their week. On today's episode, we recap this crazy weekend. Uh, it was just awesome, man. I'm just so in awe. <laughs> That's like, I, I'm at like a loss for words. I don't know what it, I just... It was just everything, man. It just really... It was that, that game four on Saturday that we'll talk about in the World Series. That just encapsulated just everything I love about sports in that moment. It was sensational. So yeah, we'll get into that. We'll we'll get caught up on the World Series. We'll recap all of the NFL games that happened yesterday, and then we'll preview the Monday Night Football game between the Bears and the Rams. I gotta come up with a title for Monday's episode. So it's the recap. It's the the weekend recap episode. But I gotta come up with something catchy. I don't really know what to call it yet. But yeah, that's the plan for today. All right. So you can follow me on Twitter if you want at John Yerks. <laughs> I should I shouldn't say if you want. You should follow me on Twitter. I'm trying really hard to make that happen, to tweet funny things, to retweet things, and then leave a comment, stuff like that. Do I have to, like, go into other people's Twitter accounts and maybe like their stuff, and then that's how I get a follow? Or is it just, like, a gradual thing? You know, I've only really been doing Twitter for about two, three weeks. I don't know how it works. So, yeah, maybe I gotta maybe I have to, like, slide into people's comments and be like, hey, like, oh, ha, 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 that was funny. Go like my page. <laughs> like, go, go follow me on Twitter. I don't know how it works. You can also follow the podcast. On Instagram, at Yerks Talks for that. You can follow on Spotify as well. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts. With all that being said, let's get into it. We'll start with baseball. So Friday, we had Game 3. LA won that one, 6-2. The story in this one, Walker Bueller. He was, in, he was filthy. For Yeah, he was, just, he was just disgusting. Six innings pitched, three hits, one run, one walk, and ten strikeouts. Got out of a couple jams again. He was great. Uh, for the Rays, Charlie Morton, who's been dominant for them, he struggled in this one. Only four and one-thirds innings, seven hits, five earned, one walk, and two strikeouts. Tampa Bay did have chances, but they just couldn't get it done. They moved to game four, though, and this just – i this is just peak postseason baseball, all right? It had everything. It was back and forth, up and down. It reminded me of game seven with the Cubs, Indians. I've referenced that game a few times now. Uh, remember the Padres had that with uh, the Cardinals. It was kind of that same feeling. Uh, this game had that same feel as well. It was back and forth, but the Dodgers were leading late. It looked like they were going to take that commanding 3-1 series lead. Bottom nine, Kenley Jansen's in there. He gets two outs. There's a runner on first. The rookie, remember the name, Randy Arozarena. He steps up. He ends up working a seven-pitch walk. And then up comes Brent Phillips. Now, this is a guy who, you know, he's a utility player off the bench, right? 
pinch hit. You know, he's, he's subbed in, right, for defensive changes throughout the game. And so he's in there, and this is the biggest moment of his career. Easily, right? So he's up there, and wouldn't you know it, a one-two count. He lines one into center field. All right, Chris Taylor's out there for the Dodgers. He goes to field it, makes an error. So now Kiermaier, who was on first base, comes all around. It was on second now, excuse me, because of the walk to Rosarena. So he comes down to score, right? The game's tied. So it was, uh, yeah, seven to six going in. It was seven, six Dodgers going into the ninth. Why didn't I say that? I just because I'm so excited to get to Brent Phillips. All right, so Brent Phillips hits a single, right? Ties the game at seven. But because of the error by Chris Taylor, a Rosarain is getting waved around, right, from the third base coach. It's like, go, go, go. So he's going around, and it's and it's the cousin of the turf monster, the dirt monster. It's, I couldn't think of anything else to say. But the dirt the dirt monster emerges from the third baseline, and he grabs a Rosarain. A Rosarain trips and falls on the ground, similar to Daniel Jones last Thursday in that game against the Eagles. So he fumbles, right? So now it's the relay. Max Muncy gets the ball from Chris Taylor, throws to Will Smith, and Will Smith completely misses the ball. So like it looked like a Rosarena was going to be in a pickle. He starts to head back to third, but then Will Smith misses the ball. Rosarena comes on the score, walk off, Rays win. Brett Phillips, the hero, the no-name hero, right? You love postseason baseball for moments like this guy, like like moments for this guy, right? He like. He's never going to forget this moment, man. It was insane. Like, the photos after were just incredible. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it was sensational. Like, it, like, he's out there, right? He's doing the airplane. Like, he, the post, like, the post-game interview with him. I mean, he's speechless. He's at a loss for words. Huge loss for the Dodgers. Dave Roberts, the manager, his reaction was great. He slams his, like, mask down, like, throws his hat. Like, it was just amazing. So, yeah, now... Series is tied at two apiece, and you're thinking the momentum's got to be with the Rays here. You know, I feel a shift in the momentum, right? So we go to game five yesterday. Tyler Glass now for the Rays, taking on Clayton Kershaw again. They're both making their second start in this World Series. Top of the first, L.A. would score two right away, and they've been doing this a lot in this series, getting runs early. Mookie Betts would have a leadoff double, and then Corey Seager who would hit an RBI single to right field. God, how good has he been? He's hitting just under 500 in this series, 471. A Bellinger would also reach on an infield single in that inning, which would score Seager. So now it's 2 nothing. And then the next inning, Jock Peterson, who's known to hit the ball uh, long every once in a while, he would do just that, a solo shot to center field. It's now 3 to nothing. Tampa Bay would get a couple runs back, though, in the bottom of the third. Yandy Diaz would hit a triple to right field, which would score Kiermaier. And then Randy Arozarena, remember the name, the rookie, would drive in Diaz from third with a single to left. He now has the most hits in the postseason with 27. He has the record for the most home runs in a postseason with nine. Uh, Seager is right behind him, though, with eight. So maybe we could see a little race in these next uh, couple games. Hopefully there's two more. Uh, and then. He also has beaten Jeter for most hits by a rookie, right? Jeter, I believe, had 23. Rosarena now has 27. This kid has been sensational. So it's 3-2 now. We go to the fourth inning, bottom of the fourth. This is probably the Rays' best chance to get back into it. Like I said, score is 3-2. Kershaw is still in there. He walks Manuel Margot. Margot steals second on the throwdown. It gets away. Taylor with another error. Margot advances to third. And then... Kershaw walks Hunter Renfro. So you got runners on the corners here, nobody out. 
And uh, unfortunately for the Rays, uh, Joey Wendell, he would pop out. And then uh, Adamas, who has been struggling all season, he can't hit the ball. He's been great at shortstop, but he can't seem to get it done. He strikes out, which is just brutal. And on the broadcast, they were talking about John Smoltz. I think he's done a great job color commentating in this World Series. He's saying, like, at least put the ball in play, right? Because we've seen, remember, like, in Game 4 with Brent Phillips, right? That's a routine, uh, you know, play for Taylor. He's trying to go fast, try to maybe have a play at the plate for Kiermaier, but he makes the error, which allows the Rosarena to come around, and then there's another error by Will Smith, right? So it's like, if you at least get the ball in play, which is what Smoltz is saying, you, you know, Tensions are high, right? It's game five of World Series. Who knows what's going to happen, right? But Adamas, he strikes out. So now we got two outs on. And then this is honestly the play that is probably, you know, maybe having people scratch their heads. Manuel Margot, he tries to steal home base here. Now, this was insane. When he went, right, The idea, he, I thought he was safe at first, right? Looking at the replay, uh, I, I, it still was kind of unsure, honestly. I think it was close. It was called out on the before the review, so it, it, it kind of like football, where it's like if it's a close play and they they normally stick with the call that's on the field, right? So that's kind of what happened here. He was called out um, after the game. Manuel Margot said it was his decision. Remember, he got he got he got the green light, I guess, to, to like he had the option of doing it. But it was up to him at whether or not he was going to pull the trigger. He ended up doing it. He came up a little bit short. Uh, you know, who knows? Kiermaier was up. Uh, he reached on an infield single beforehand. Uh, I don't know. It was a close play, but it, it seemed like maybe maybe you take your chances with Kiermaier. Kershaw had already thrown two walks in the inning. I don't know. But, yeah, it didn't work out for the, the Rays. But, I mean, what a play it would have been. It would have tied the game. That would have been insane. Top of the fifth, though, Tyler Glass now is still in it. He gives up another home run, this time to Max Muncy, and this was an absolute moonshot. A solo bomb to right field. It's now 4-2. to two. Uh, He would get out of fifth inning. Glass now would, but then he'd be done after that. Not his best start. Uh, five innings pitch. Six, only six, I mean, six hits. I can live with that, uh, but two of them are home runs. Four runs allowed, three walks, which is a killer, but seven strikes struck out. I mean, he only gave up four runs, but he was not pitching great. He got out of a couple jams. Uh, Kershaw, he would get pulled in the sixth after making two outs. I thought this was a mistake. He'd only pitched 85 uh, pitches, so it didn't really make sense to pull him. I thought that that could be kind of the beginning. Like It, it, could, it could be a disaster, but it ended up being all right because Dustin May came in there, and he's been great in relief. Uh, he had one bad outing in relief, and then obviously he started a game uh, last year's against the Braves, and he got rocked a little bit. But he was great. He went one and two-thirds, only one hit, no runs, no walks, and two strikeouts. Uh, the Rays, you know, despite the chances, like missing the opportunities earlier in the game, they still had chances late. Bottom of the eighth, they had runners on first and second with one out. A Rosarana flied out to center, and then Lowe would follow suit, and he also flied out. That would end the inning. And then bottom of the ninth, Blake Trinan in for the Dodgers. Margot hit a leadoff single, so you got you got the leadoff man on, which is great. If you get that going in the beginning of an inning, that's always you know it's scary for a pitcher, right? You never want to see the leadoff guy getting on, especially when the only you're only up two runs. But unfortunately, Meadows would strike out, then Wendell would line out, and then Adamas would strike out again, and LA would win. They'd go up three games to two in the series. They'd win four to two. Let's talk Clayton Kershaw, because despite of his postseason woes in the past. Uh, if the Dodgers go on to lose this series, it's not going to be on the arm of Clayton Kershaw. 
he he got the job done in this one. Wasn't as good as he was in his first, in game one, but uh, five and two thirds here, five hits, two runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. I mean, that's great, honestly. I mean, he was lights out in game one. He was great in this one as well. The offense, uh, man, it's been so crazy how they've been able to do this. Fifty-seven runs this postseason have come when they've had two outs. That's insane. Like the two outs, the two out rallies by the Dodgers in this in this entire postseason, especially in the World Series, have been phenomenal. It's it's crazy. On the race side of things, uh, Glass now, like I said, he did struggle. I mean, seven strikeouts, good, only allowing four runs. I mean, you can live with that. But in the postseason, right, the pitching is going to be excellent. And Kershaw did his part to only allow two runs to score. Uh, they were right there, though. Missed opportunities, like I said, in this one. One for seven with runners in scoring position. Uh, six left on base. They're going to have to rebound, man. So, yeah, backs against the wall here. they got to try to force a game seven. Game six, obviously, is going to be on Tuesday. I, I was trying to talk about that on Friday. I kind of rammed a little bit. Essentially, uh, the regular schedule, right, is two home, um, two games for the home team, three for the away team, and then three for the home team. Or, no, sorry. That's terrible math. There's only seven games. Jesus. Two games for the home team, three for the away team, and then two for the home team, right? And then there's a break in between – uh, you know, home and away. So we played two games and then we had the break and then we had three games over the weekend and then we have a break today and then game six and seven are Tuesday and Wednesday. Hopefully we get to the Wednesday game. I want to see seven. Obviously I want the Rays to win. So we'll pre- we'll preview game six tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, game four. Oh man, what a moment for Brent Phillips. What a moment for just sports in general, man. Uh, it's just It's just so great. Even if I like didn't, wasn't invested in baseball. If I just if I wasn't a sports fan, I just like stumbled across that game. I mean, that's the type of game that makes you a sports fan. It was sensational. Like maybe that starts you being a Rays fan. I, I just I love sports so much, man. And speaking of just great sports, the NFL. What another wild NFL Sunday, man. It was fantastic. Let's get straight into it. So the Bills beat the Jets. Now they, there were some stinkers, and this was one of them. The Bills beat the Jets 18 to 10. This was so disappointing for the Bills. I've been very vocal. I'm a Bills homer, right? They're one of my favorite teams to root for. And this was just ugh, eight field goals. The Bills attempted eight field goals in this game, and they missed two of them. <laughs> like, it was bad. 0 for 5 in the red zone. Allen fumbled twice in the red zone. Or fumbled once, excuse me, in the red zone. It was bad. There was only one touchdown score in this game, and it was scored by the Jets. Ugh, rough. The Bills had 11 penalties for 106 yards. I thought this was going to be a get-right game for them. Remember, they have a couple of tough games coming up. I This is this was terrible, man. The offense just doesn't look the same without John Brown. He's missed the past two weeks, and hopefully they get him back next week. They play New England. Uh, Sam Darnold, he struggled. Only 120 yards for the Jets. Uh, two interceptions for him. I mean, there's really not much to say. The Jets are a dumpster fire. I thought the Brills were going to cream them. They should have creamed them. Over over five in the red zone. That's just sloppy, man. Josh Allen had over 300 yards passing, no touchdowns. He also was a leading rusher with, I believe, 66 yards. Uh, it's just, man. They needed to have a solid victory, and they just didn't get it. And now, like, questions asked of them long term, right? But the Patriots don't look good, and we'll get into that game a little bit later. All right, the Saints, they beat the Panthers 27-24. This is a very great – this is a great game. A lot of great games this weekend. It was back and forth. The Panthers had the ball at the end – or near the end, 2.25 left on the clock. It's a third and 11. They're at the edge of field goal range. 
what, uh, you know, third and 11, they're trying to pick up the first down, right? Trying to go on to score a touchdown to win. Field goal ties the game. The one thing you can't do, third and 11, Teddy Bridgewater cannot take a sack. And what does he do? He takes a sack. So now it's fourth and 19, and Matt Rule's like, oh, man, I don't know what to do here. He decides to bring out his kicker, or he knows what to do. He decides to bring out his kicker, Joey Sly, to attempt a 65-yard field goal, which would be an NFL record. So it looks like he's going to go for it. You know, so ball gets snapped. Good hold. The kick is up, and it looks good. It's going and going, but does it have the distance? Oh, it's just short. It, if it was from 64, the kick is good. It was a, It was closer than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like five yards short. He barely missed it. It was right there. So, yeah, the kick, right, didn't – it missed. Saints take over. They end the game. Drew Brees, 29 of 36 for him, 287 yards passing, two touchdowns. He also ran one in. It was a little quarterback sneak that he likes to do where he likes to jump up and just, like, reach the ball across. It's tough to stop. Alvin Kamara, he's great. 148 total yards. Uh, for the Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater, solid game for him. Just took that sack, man. Cannot take that sack in that situation. Uh, you know, to be fair, it was a good blitz by the Saints, but cannot take that sack. Has to recognize it early, throw it away. I know it's tough, but the pressure was on, but uh, he had to get rid of it here. Uh, 23 of 28, though, 254 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, just could not I mean yeah the sack was brutal took him out of the edge of field goal range and judging by Sly barely missing that 65 yard field goal they he would have made it from you know 60 most likely or 58 I, I believe if they hadn't picked up a yard it would have been about a 60 yard field goal so it would have been long but it seemed like he would have been able to make it uh Saints defense really stepped up in this game they were they were good I mean, you know, they allowed a long touchdown to DJ Moore. But other than that, uh, you know, they were great on the great uh, rushing defense. They only allowed 37 yards on the ground. Uh, this is a very entertaining game. The Panthers are a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And the Saints, they're starting to figure things out. Remember, no Michael Thomas and no Emmanuel Sanders in this game. So this is a really good win for them. The Cleveland Browns. They beat the Bengals 37-34. to A lot of high-scoring games this week. Another good, close game. Cincinnati took the lead with one minute left. They had a fourth and one. I love the aggressiveness here. They went for it. Joe Burrow connected with G Giovanni Bernard. They went up 34-30. to 30. Uh, Baker would drive Cleveland down. The, or Sorry, they went up 34 to, uh, don't do math, 34-31. to My bad. So now Baker gets the ball back, though. Cleveland has the ball with about a minute left. They have no timeouts. It's a second and uh, – but Baker's driving down the field. He was sensational. I'll get into his numbers in a second. So now second and 10 of the Cincinnati 24. There's 20 seconds left, and Baker finds Donovan Peoples-Jones from the University of Michigan. He connects a 20 – 24-yard touchdown with 11 seconds left. They take the lead. Browns come back and win it. It was a very back-and-forth game. Baker, he started this game 0-5 with an interception. He finished it 22-23 for 297 yards and five touchdowns. It's great. You know, he, he's going to be the story of yesterday. He'll be like, oh, my God, you see Baker Mayfield? He was sensational. Five touchdowns, almost 300 yards passing. He was, he was great after that, you know, the first five throws. You just wish he could do it against a good team, and he can't. We've seen it with the Steelers. We'll see it when they play the Steelers again, and they play. You know, it's just he can't do it against a really good team, which is a bummer. Uh, you know, Trubisky had games like this. 
he, you know, where he beats the really good, like bad teams, right? Where he throws for four or five touchdowns, but then like moment on the line, right? Against like, you know, even competition, he shits the bed. So yeah, bad news for the Browns here though. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. He tore his ACL. He's out for the season. He's done a lot of injuries this year, but a lot of injuries to the superstar players more than usual. So yeah, that's been crazy. Uh, rookie tight end Harrison Bryant. Remember Austin Hooper was scratched, I believe with appendicitis. Uh, he was great. Four catches for 56 yards and two touchdowns. For Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, I mean, hey, what can you say, man? He's trying his best. 406 yards passing, 406 over 400 yards. This guy, man, three touchdowns. He did have one interception. Uh, I believe it got batted in the air, uh, so it was a little bit unfortunate. The defense, they, they kind of dropped the ball here. I mean, they had a chance, you know, to hold Baker to a field goal. They give up the touchdown to Donovan People Jones. They only allowed 10 points in the first half. They allowed 27 in the second, 20 points in the fourth allowed by the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Not good enough. Browns win. Like This is this played out how I thought it was going to play out, right? Where it's like the Browns are a better team. Now, obviously, Baker struggled in the beginning. They couldn't really run the ball in this one. They, you know, they didn't run it as well as they have been on the season. Odell Beckham went, went down early in the game, so... You know, they're, they're going to beat teams that they're better than. It was closer than I thought it was going to be, but still, they pull it out. Don't be fooled by Baker here. He's still not the answer in Cleveland. Oh, man. Oh, we're not. Okay, it's the next game. Sorry, I thought we were talking about Atlanta. This, that's the game after this one. So, But it is an old man because I'm an idiot. Uh, the Washington football team beat the Cowboys 25-3. to I picked the Cowboys, and I'm an idiot. Uh, they, they, they've given up. They've quit on Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff. They're done. Dak was like the last line of defense. He was holding all the pieces together. It was like that. <laughs> he, he was like the last line. He was like, we're not going to quit. We're not going to break. And then he goes down and like the whole team crumbles, right? He was the head of the snake, right? You hit that off. The snake dies. Like that's kind of the, that's what happened in, in, with Dallas, right? I'm not calling them snakes, but like <laughs> that's, that's, that's a deal, right? He was the leader. He was, everything and so when when he went down it was just done Andy Dalton has been terrible he's awful um I mean you know he took a terrible hit at the end of this or near the end of this game uh John Bostick uh got ejected for this hit a helmet to helmet it was brutal it was bad I hope Dalton's okay uh Bostick should get fined I don't know if he's going to but he should uh for Washington again I thought they should have won last week they played well enough they had that weird two-point conversion call don't really understand that, but they played really well this week. Uh, they had over 200 yards on the ground. It was great. Almost 400 yards of offense. The rookie running back, Antonio Gibson, his best game in the NFL. 20 carries for 128 yards and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, Dallas, just terrible, right? So Dalton, he got hit by John Boss. He got knocked out of the game. So the rookie, Ben DiNucci, came in. He only threw it three times. Dallas only had 142 yards of offense. Yes, the Cowboys with Zeke, with Amari Cooper. With the rookie CeeDee Lamb, with Michael Gallup, that high-powered offense, they couldn't. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do anything. Um, yeah, Washington. They look like honestly, like this was a great game, and this division is so terrible. Seven and twenty is the record of this division combined. They are just awful. It's a dumpster fire inside a dumpster fire inside a black hole inside just like a bag of shit. I, it, it's it's bad. Okay, now, but Washington, their defense, they look really good. I thought that they played well enough last week to win, and then obviously the questionable two-point conversion call. Um, 
But yeah, man, like the offense is getting better. Kyle Allen, he looked decent in this one. The running game is going. Obviously, Terry McLaurin is such a great weapon on offense. Nine catches for him for 90 yards and a touchdown. He was great. Or I think it was seven catches, actually. My bad. Seven for 90 and a touchdown, I believe is what he had. Uh, he's kind of also emerged as a leader for them. It's been great. Uh, so yeah, Washington with the Eagles, I think, are the two teams that could really compete to win this division. Another f- uh, news story, too, Ron Rivera. Today he had his last uh, chemo treatment, so hopefully things go well there. Uh, two claps for Ron Rivera. Uh, just a badass, man. Fuck cancer, right? Like, I mean, I don't. I know I just uh, – uh, Johnny shouldn't say the F word, but honestly, fuck cancer. Cancer is a piece of shit. So, yeah, I hope that he is clear or it's in remission or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, kudos to Ron Rivera. Great guy. And uh, he's been able to coach through through chemo. It's sensational, man. Gotta love sports. All right. Speaking of uh, teams that – speaking of dumpster fires, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, no. So the Lions <laughs> the Lions beat the Falcons 23-22. to And, I mean, it's not even funny anymore with Atlanta. I mean, this has to stop. It's just, it's just sad. So let me let me rewind a little bit. So Detroit kicks a field goal. They go up 16 to 14. All Atlanta needs to do here is is uh they need a field goal to win. So they get down into the Detroit 21. They're in field goal range, right? But now so there's it's under a minute to it's you know, the two minute warning happens, right? So now Detroit they still have three timeouts. It's first down for Atlanta. So now Detroit has to start calling timeouts. They can't allow Atlanta to get a first down. Otherwise, Atlanta can run out the clock and then, you know, call a timeout with, like, no time left and then kick a field goal to win it, right? So, unfortunately, the Lions, they can't stop Atlanta from getting a first down. So, Atlanta gets a first down. and they, So, now it's easy, okay? Now what you have to do, you just run it a couple times, okay? And then you send out your kicker, Young Hoku. He kicks a, a chip shot, and you win by one, okay? So it's first and goal at the 10, all right? And Todd Gurley gets the ball. He hands it off. And for some reason, he runs up the middle, and for some reason, he doesn't just slide down immediately. Uh, he gets he shakes off a tackle. It looks like the Lions cornerback was starting to tackle him, but then he realized, like, oh, it's better if they score, so he lets go. And then Todd Gurley, like, his momentum keeps carrying him, and then he realizes he's about to go in the end zone, and he tries to stop, and then he falls, and he hits right on the goal line. He scores. And you're thinking, like, oh, no, not again, Atlanta. You can't do this. So Atlanta, it gets reviewed, right? Todd Gurley's in. Touchdown. So now they have to, they have to go for two to make it a six-point game, and they get it. And But now the Lions have a chance here. A minute left. No timeouts, but they have a chance. All right, so, tw- so 12 seconds left now at the Atlanta 40. Matt Stafford goes back, finds Kenny Galladay deep at the, at the Atlanta 11. Finds him, right? So now you got to hurry, run down, clock it, right? So now they got two seconds left. And Kenny Galladay, by the way, what a baller. Some of the catches he made in this game, insane, man. Coming up, similar to Mike Williams. He's a great uh, contested catcher in the NFL. He's been sensational. So two seconds left now at the Atlanta 11. Stafford going, pass backs, roll, moves to his left. He's looking, looking, finds TJ Hawkinson in the end zone. Touchdown, Lions. Game's tied. So now we need a Matt Prater extra point. Kick is up, and it's good, but there's a flag. It's illegal formation on the defense, which is a rare call you don't see. Kick is good. Kick stands. Lions win. Atlanta shits the bed again. It's unreal, dude. It's unreal. And like I said, it's not funny anymore. It's just sad. If you've been picking Atlanta, Adam, 
This is to you, buddy. I know that you picked them again. I said, don't pick Atlanta. Last two weeks ago, I said, don't pick them. You didn't pick them. They ended up winning. You're like, oh, let's go back to Atlanta. You know, you should have stayed away. They lose again, man. You can't trust this team. Even if they win, it's not a victory, all right? You can't trust them. Stafford, it was just, you know, he wasn't having a great game before this drive. But, you know, he ended up getting it done. Uh, 340 yards, only one touchdown at the end of TJ Hawkins in the tight end. Kenny Galladay, like I said, he was huge getting them down there. Six catches in that game for 112 yards. Uh, just in- incredible catches by Kenny Galladay. He's probably one of the more underrated receivers in the league. Uh, yeah, I mean, what can you- Todd Gurley, after the game, he said, I was upset. I was so angry that I did that. Of course you were. But, I mean, you got to – Atlanta's defense here has to be able to get to get a stop, to not allow them to score a touchdown. It has to happen, man. You, you play prevent, nothing behind us, okay? It wasn't – Kenny Galladay was open. It wasn't like he made – he made a good catch, but he was he was only – he was single covered, right? He was he was open, and you can't allow that to happen, man. Just – oh, it's unfortunate. Once again for Atlanta, just – oh. I mean, to allow the Lions – I mean, to score is one thing, right? Todd Gurley, he messed up, all right? But to allow them with one minute left, no timeouts, to go – 75 yards for the score. It's unacceptable, it's unacceptable man. It's inexcusable. It's why Dan Quinn got fired. Because like, they let the Bears do the same thing. Like a couple weeks ago. I mean, you just can't... Uh, the Cowboys, too. You just can't have this happen, man. And so for the Lions, they sneak one. Uh, and, and for the Atlanta, it's just like, oh, man. It's just, it's just sad, dude. It's just sad. The Green Bay Packers, they beat Texans... 35 to 20. This is over before it even started. Aaron Rodgers, 283 yards passing and four touchdowns. But how about DeAndre? Devontae Adams, 13 catches for 196 yards and two touchdowns. Guess who played him in fantasy? Yeah, yeah, I did. And I lost. It wouldn't have mattered. My team was bad this week, but God, man. Um, the fantasy season for me is like over. I have to win like five out of six to even have a chance at the playoffs. We'll see what happens, man. Down but not out. My mistake was not drafting Alvin Kamara. That was my issue. I, I went with the rookie, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, and he's been great, but Le'Veon Bell's there now, so that's going to eat into his work. And I didn't sign Kamara because there was like he was holding out. There was also some like injury speculation. I should have just went with my gut, and I should have just picked Kamara. Just should have bet on the player, and I didn't. And so, yeah, that was that – was, but that's fantasy. It don't, it don't matter, man. It's just, it just, it's just fantasy. Who cares? Deshaun Watson for the, for the Texans. Again, like he just needs help, man. He looked good, but the line he didn't. The, they couldn't really run the ball in this one. Three hundred nine yards passing and two touchdowns. There, he was two for uh, the offense was two for four in the red zone. Green Bay was four for four. They were shut out. Green Bay pitched a shutout in the first half against the Texans. It was really good. Twenty one to nothing. It's hard to come down, come back against a really great team when you're down twenty one points. Houston just couldn't do it. Green Bay's defense, honestly, they're good. They got they kind of got slapped around last week. Against Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay looks like a really solid team, so who knows? I still don't trust the Packers long term, but this is a good win for them. The Steelers beat the Titans 27 to 24. This was a great game. I thought Pittsburgh was going to roll on this one. They were up 24 to 7 at half, but Tennessee came roaring back. They had a chance to send this game to overtime, but Steven Koskowski missed a 45 yard field goal. The Steelers would hold on to win. Pittsburgh sloppy in the second half, man. They scored only th- only three points. Big Ben had two interceptions in the fourth quarter. Not great. 
only 268 yards passing, two touchdowns and three interceptions. He had one right before halftime as well. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver for the Steelers, nine catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Tannehill, 280 yards passing and two touchdowns. A.J. Brown had six catches for 159 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown was on a 73-yard house call, which was great. Uh, Tennessee's defense just could not get Pittsburgh off the field. Uh, Couldn't get them off the field, especially on third down. The Steelers had the ball for 13 more minutes, and on third down they went 13 of 18. And I'm not talking like third and manageables. I'm talking like they had third and – there was one drive in particular where it's like they had a third and 13 that they converted. They had a third and eight, a third and five, and they ended up scoring a touchdown. It was just brutal. Tennessee was only 5 of 13 on third down, and that had a lot to do with Steelers' defense. Might be the best defensive unit in the league. They are very good. T.J. Watt is an animal rushing the passer. They held Derrick Henry to 75 yards. Now, Derrick Henry still scored because it's Derrick Henry, but, I mean, to hold him under 100 yards is a win. So, yeah, great win for the Steelers. Uh, You know, I I thought it was going to be a blowout. Tennessee, they fight, man. This is a really well-coached team. This could be a preview of the AFC Championship game. It was really hard fought. Really well, uh, really well played, and yeah, Pittsburgh ended up winning in this one. The Tampa Bay Bucks they beat the Raiders forty-five to twenty. This was close for a while, but then Tampa Bay scored a touchdown, and then the Raiders threw an interception, which led to another touchdown that made it thirty-eight to twenty. And then the Raiders had a turnover on downs, trying to get back into the game, and then Tampa Bay scored again, and that would end it. Uh, Tom Brady, watch out now. Uh, 369 yards for him and four touchdowns. He had some beautiful touchdowns. One in particular to Scotty Miller. It was great. Just a, a just a, it was beautiful. Just right in the bucket of for Scotty Miller. His last five weeks for Brady now, 15 touchdowns, only one interception. Scotty Miller, six catches for 109 yards and one touchdown. Godwin, good to see him back. Nine catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, he had another touchdown in this one. I don't know how Antonio Brown is going to work in this offense. I have no idea. Uh, but, I mean, they'll find a way to include him. For the Raiders, uh, Derek Carr, 284 yards passing, two touchdowns and one interception. Only 76 yards rushing for the Raiders in this one. It's not a huge surprise. Tampa Bay has the best rushing defense in the league. Uh, this game, again, the score doesn't really do it justice. It was a lot closer than you think. Uh the Raiders had more time of possession. Uh, they were one. For, they were only one for two in the red zone, though. Tampa Bay was five of six. Uh, yeah, just that was a difference. Look out for Tampa, man. They are surging. They are full, uh, full mast. Is that the is that the ship turn? They're setting sail. They're they're plotting a course towards the Super Bowl. They're full mast. Fire the cannons. Go Tampa. Go. Tom Brady's changing. Like I mean, he just he's like LeBron, right? Like wherever he goes, he just finds ways to win. And that's what Tom Brady does, man. From yelling at his team, you know, two weeks ago. Now look at them. They're beating the Packers. They knock off a solid Raiders team. They make them look silly. Uh, I mean, they're the team to beat, I think, right now in the NFC for sure. All right, the Chargers have a day, Justin Herbert. He gets his first win. The Chargers beat the Jaguars 39-29. Now, it was closer than I thought. Remember, I was saying in the in the preview on Friday, be, the Chargers being favored by more than a touchdown terrifies me. It's, it's one of those where you see that and you're like, oh, okay, bet the Jaguars with everything you have. <laughs> because the Chargers, like, they've always been known to blow it. So, But they hang on here. 
It was tied at 29, but then on the kickoff for the Jaguars, D.D. Westbrook, their wide receiver, he fumbles, Chargers recover, and then they score a touchdown. They force the Jaguars to punt on the next possession. Then they get a field goal, and then the Jaguars couldn't uh, convert on fourth down after that, and the, then the Padres. The Chargers would hold on to win. How about this rookie, though? Justin Herbert, out of Oregon. 347 yards passing, three touchdowns. He also had nine carries for 66 yards and a touchdown as well. He's been sensational. Uh, he's up there with Burrow in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. I believe he slightly leads because what he's been able to do, I think he's played better teams. Honestly, he's been sensational. His first win, it was great. Uh, Keenan Allen, 10 catches for him, 125 yards. Uh, he's he's great, man. He they'd almost the, the Chargers' offense had almost 500 yards. It was it was great. Closer than it should have been, but they ended up getting it done. It was sloppy, but they they they, they find a way. Gardner Minshew, only 177 yards passing, two touchdowns. But how about the rookie running back, James Robinson? 22 carries for 119 yards and a score. He also had four catches for 18 yards and a touchdown. The Chargers, I mean, if they could ever just figure out how to, like, not shoot themselves in the foot, they'd win a lot more games. But I feel good for the rookies looked great. Justin, It's not been Justin Herbert's fault. I mean, maybe, he, maybe he's made some mistakes late in games. But, I mean, it, it's more of like a culture thing where they can't get over the hump. Michael Bagley, again, missed an extra point in a field goal in this game. I believe he missed two field goals. So, yeah. Money Badger has been anything less. He's, 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 been, he's not been money. He's been terrible. So, got to pick that shit up, Badgley, all right? Let's get it going, okay? The Chargers, they could maybe sneak into the postseason. We'll see what happens. Herbert's been playing sensational. He's been a lot of fun to watch. I love the confidence he has, man. He doesn't care. He, he just goes out there and slings it. He's got it, Burrow as well, man. They, they're ballers, okay? Like, they, they just – I've been calling a lot of people ballers. I don't. I got to find a different word because like, now everybody – like, what, John, everybody's a baller? It's like, yeah, kind of. But they have no fear, man. Ice in their veins. Like, they've, they, they, they know that they're the guy. They know that they have to perform in order for their team to have a chance every week. And they, they've stepped up – they've answered the call, man, and it's been great to see. This draft, this 2020 draft might be – might go down as one of the best drafts in history, man. All the wide receivers coming out that have been extremely talented, and now you have the rookie quarterback shining as well. It's been great. I'm happy for Herbert. He finally got his first win. Oh, man. Bang, bang, Niner gang. The San Francisco 49ers, they spanked the Patriots in Foxborough. 33-6. to Domination from start to finish. San Francisco, they were running the hell out of the ball. They were jamming it down New England's throat. This is a good New England defense, and they ran for 197 yards on the ground. Jeff Wilson Jr., running back, he answered the call. Raheem Mostert, remember, on IR, 17 carries for 112 yards and three touchdowns. But, of course, because the Niners just – this is how the season's going. He gets injured on his last touchdown run, his last run of the game. They ended in a touchdown. With, he's injured with an ankle sprain. He's probably going to miss games now, of course. Debo Samuel, also near the end of the game, got injured too. He's probably going to miss some games too. Uh, just typical, man. Brandon Ayuk, though, the rookie wide receiver, six catches for 115 yards. He goes over 100 for the first time in his career. Should have had a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo completely missed him, and that's an issue. Uh, he had two interceptions in this game. Uh, he could still be injured, right, but he's it's a problem. Right, because they're not throwing the ball deep at all. Uh, this was the probably the deepest shot of the game. It only went like it was only like a 20, 30 yard pass. 
Uh, it's a lot of dump offs. It's a lot of like running the ball. It's a lot of check downs, a lot of screens, a lot of like slants over the middle, nothing deep, no long shots. He could still be injured, but it seems like there's kind of a lack of confidence with Jimmy and also maybe a lack of trust with Kyle Shanahan. So we'll see what happens. I mean, if they really want to go where they want to go, he's going to have to start slinging it. As good as the Niners were, the Patriots just imploded, man. I'll start with Cam Newton. It looks like he can't throw anymore, man. I don't know what happened between the Seattle game and now. I it, It's weird. 9 of 15 for 98 yards. He had three interceptions in this game. He got benched for Jared Stidham, and Jared Stidham came out there and threw an interception as well. Uh, I don't know what's going on, man. Offensively, you can just tell Julian Edelman is injured, man. He looks like Tom Hanks at the end of Save and Priming Ryan, or he's on the bridge. He's trying to, like, you know, he's, he's injured. That's what he looks like. He looks defeated. I, I, he, he's, you could tell that he's injured. All right, you can tell that he's not at full strength, but they don't have any other weapons, man. They really don't. Nikhil Harry, he's a bust, man. He it just hasn't worked out. Damian Bird, not the answer. I mean, they're trying to get other people involved, they just can't do it. But yeah, I mean, not only were people not open for Cam Newton, even when they were, it looked like he was missing them. Like he, it looked bad. It looked similar to his last couple of games in Carolina, where like the mechanics were completely off. He just can't throw. Uh, it was weird, man. I do want to give credit, though, where credit is due. Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the Niners, and that defense, four turnovers yesterday. They hold New England under 250 yards. Fred Warner, the linebacker, I mean, he's he might be the best linebacker in the league. And I know it's a biased take, but, I mean, what he's doing for this team is sensational, man. All over the field, he had an interception as well, just a great coverage interception. He's great, man. Uh, just an amazing job, right? This defense, right, despite all the injuries, they're still top 10 in the league. It's great, man. Really sensational. Great win by the Niners. We're back, baby. Four and three, making the charge. The Kansas City Chiefs, they beat the Broncos. This was, this was a snowy game in Mile High. It was cool. Uh, it'd be great to play in the snow. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, the Chiefs, they spanked the Broncos 43-16. to uh, This is a weird game. I'll explain, like, when I get to, like, the stats. But, so, like, Mahomes, only 200 yards passing, uh, one touchdown. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, it was his, his debut. Six carries for him for 37 yards. The Chiefs scored a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown. Daniel Sorensen had a pick six or 50 yards for a score. And then Byron Pringle had a 102-yard kickoff return to the house. That made it 24-9, to and that was pretty much the game. Uh, here's where it gets weird, though. Kansas City only had 286 yards of offense. Denver had 411. Kansas City was 0 of 8 on third down. Only 3 of 7 in the red zone. 3 of 6, excuse me, in the red zone. And they won 43 to 16. Crazy, man. Denver, uh, just turnover city is the reason why. Like, that's why I love the plus 9 so much. Because I think Denver's defense is actually really good. They forced a, a turnover in this one. Uh, they, they, they were in position. But Marcos were in position to make this a game. But... The offense, Drew Locke, 254 yards and two interceptions. The pick six, it wasn't a bad throw. There was pressure off the edge. He had to kind of get rid of it sooner than he, than he could. But Sorensen made a great break on the ball. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't a great throw by Locke. And then the second interception was really bad. Melvin Gordon, he continues to like show that he can't hang on, hang on to the ball. 
he had two fumbles. The first one was an actual fumble. The second one, and again, I don't know why they're running this play, but they're down multiple scores. They're running a flea flicker. I don't know why, but the toss back by Melvin Gordon was awful. He just chucks it a mile above Locke. It ends up being a turnover, so that was awful. 177 yards rushing on the ground, though, for Denver in this game. Crazy. Like, you know, they, like I said, 411 yards for the game for Denver on offense. Only 286 for, since, for, for Kansas City. And Denver lost by a billion. So, yeah, I mean, just they got to cut out that mistakes. Remember, they're a very young offense. They'll get better, right? But, man, it was rough. They definitely had a chance to cover, which would have made me look great. Uh, but let's get to this final game here, Sunday Night Football. This was a great way to end end the, the day of watching football. Uh, Cardinals, Seahawks. The, the Cardinals would end up beating the Seahawks in overtime, 37-34. This was an awesome game, man. First of all, let's talk about this DK Metcalf play. So Russell Wilson gets intercepted in the red zone by Buda Baker. Buda Baker's running it back, but then out of nowhere, DK Metcalf, this guy is a freak of nature, man. 6'5", like 250. <laughs> he chases down Buda Baker. Buda Baker is a safety. He's very fast, but he chases he, he, he makes up like a 10-yard gap and chases down Buda Baker, stops him short of the pick six for a touchdown. Um, no, that's what pick six is. Stops him short of the pick six, and it would prove huge because – Arizona wouldn't score. They would go for it for whatever reason. Fourth and goal at the four. Cliff Kingsbury decides to go for it. I have no idea why. So they end up getting no points. Seattle holds, and that was a huge uh, point in the game. I thought that was a huge mistake by Arizona. You definitely take points there. I don't know why they didn't. We go a little bit later, though, in the game, and it's very back and forth between Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. You know, back and forth by them. Russell Wilson would go down and score. Kyler Murray would answer, things like that, right? Arizona has the ball down late. They get in the field goal range to kick a uh, game-tying field goal to send it to overtime. We're into overtime now. Seattle has the ball. They have to punt, unfortunately. So now Kyler has the ball. They drive down to the Seattle 18. It's first and 10. And Kyler Murray, it's designed quarterback running, loses five yards. And so now it's second and 15, and Kingsbury decides to kick the field goal. So I was a little against this because I know it's only a 41-yard field goal, which is it's pretty much a gimme, but it's only second down. I mean, you'd like to get a little bit closer, I think. But anyways, they make the decision to kick it. So play clock's running down. Uh, you know, it hits zero. The kick goes off. It's good by Zan Gonzalez, the kicker for the Cardinals. But unfortunately, uh, you know, the play clock was running down, so Kingsbury had to call a timeout. So the kick's no good, but, you know, Gonzalez gets a practice kick, so it's good, right? So they go back out to do it again after the timeout, and he misses left. It's like, oh, no. So now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Like, Seattle's going to get the ball now. Now they're going to get in the reins for a game-winning field goal. And get this stat, by the way. Seattle has only kicked four field goals this year, including the two that they kicked last night. Isn't that insane? They've only kicked four field goals on this season. They've been in. They've been just remarkable, right? So Seattle gets the ball, and I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. Seattle's going to win. It's like, oh, man, like, Arizona, why, why, man? Why, Gonzalez? Why'd you miss that kick? Or, like, why, Kingsbury? Why'd you call? I mean, it would have been a delayed, a delayed game if Kingsbury hadn't called the timeout, so it makes sense. But now Seattle has it. They have a first and – they have a third and ten at the Arizona 48 – and they set up a screen at DK Metcalf. He gets it, gets a block, goes down the sideline. It's a 48-yard touchdown. Seahawks win the game, except there's a flag 
Oh no, it's holding on it's holding on David Moore, the wide receiver. And this no doubt about it, you look at the replay, he's he's definitely holding Patrick Peterson, topping him for making the play on Metcalf. So now uh, they get backed up a couple of yards, and now it's third and 14. And this was just weird, man. It looked like they were all running go routes or something. Like maybe Russell thought that it was going to be an all-out blitz. So they're all running goal routes, but then Isaiah Simmons, the rookie for Arizona, rookie linebacker, he makes a great play. So third and 14, it's it's snapped. Russell Wilson goes. He just he just chucks it, right? Uh, Simmons drops back, makes an interception. Now, granted, he's really done nothing for the Cardinals this year, but gets a huge interception. So now it's a turnover by Russell Wilson, his third of the night. Really bad by him. Kyle Murray gets them back into range for 48-yard field goal. Zane Gonzalez goes, kick uh, – Hike the ball, kicks down, or, you know, ball gets put down, kick is up. It looks good, and it sneaks through the left upright. It's good. Arizona wins in a thriller, 37-34. to 34. Uh, It was a great game, man. But let's talk about Russell Wilson for a second, because apparently he's human. I didn't, I didn't know, but I guess he's human. This is the worst game of his career, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe the Super Bowl, and funny enough, the Super Bowl was played in Arizona like in this stadium, right, where he had that pick on the goal line where they didn't run it to Marshawn Lynch for some reason. No idea why. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I say that it was one of his worst games or maybe his worst game of his career, but, I mean, you look at the stat line here, 388 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, but all of those picks were very bad. They were, like, very uncharacteristic, really ugly throws by him, man. Don't know why. He also had six carries for 180 – or, sorry, six carries for <laughs> – I was getting I was getting ahead of myself. Six carries for 84 yards for him, uh, but uh, wide receiver wise too, somebody had to catch those three touchdowns, and it was none other than Hot Lockett, Tyler Lockett, 15 receptions for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Whew! A lot of fantasy points. A lot of fantasy points. Which unfortunately, in my fantasy league, uh, my buddy uh, sat him down. Unlucky, Kenan. Unlucky. So, yeah, he would have won the week if he had played Tyler Lockett. But apparently, uh, you benched Tyler Lockett. I don't know why, but he did. did. So, yeah. Unfortunately for Lockett, though, not enough to win the game. Because Kyler Murray, he would get the job done. I thought he would bounce back, and he did. 360 yards passing for three touchdowns. Did throw an interception. It was very bad, too. It was right after a Russell Wilson pick. Russell Wilson throws an interception, and then first play for Arizona, Kyler Murray throws a really bad pick. So I was like, oh, man, Kyler, come on. But he also carried the ball 14 times for 67 yards and a touchdown. I mean, when he's in the red zone, I don't know how you stop him. Because once again, I thought Seattle played it great, and he still found a way to get in. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, another great game for him. 10 catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. Both of these teams had over 500 yards of offense. Seattle had 572. Arizona had 519. How good is this division, man? The NFC West. West Coast is definitely the best coast. 18-8 and eight record combined. All of the teams are above 500. And I think that right now this division is up for grabs. I think any team can win this division. And I think that all four of these teams could make the playoffs. I don't know if it's possible mathematically. Because, oh, oh, wait, no, it is because three teams get in now. Oh, my gosh, they could, all three of these teams could make the playoffs. I think that they could. Uh, they probably won't, though, because they all play each other. So, you could, but you could look at, you could be looking at three teams making it, which is insane. But yeah, this division is definitely up for grams now. 
up for grabs with the resurgence of the Niners. The Rams, I think, are very good. We'll see them tonight. Uh, you know, and, and then Arizona taking a game off Seattle. What a division, man. So, yeah, let's get to that Monday night football game. Before we do, though, I did want to talk about my bets. Uh, I was three for six on the week, which, you know, that's not bad. I pushed. Uh, technically, I'm two. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm three for six. So Buffalo didn't cover the ten and a half somehow. That was horrific. That was just a gimme. Can't believe it. Cleveland minus three. So that was a push. So that's still a win. Um, Cody Parkey, of course, freaking leaves the Bears. He's still finding a way to screw me over. Misses the extra point. So Donovan Peoples-Jones members scored that game-winning touchdown. Uh, for, you know, to, to put him up by three. And then Cody Parkey misses the extra point, And that was the minus three that Cleveland had to cover. So now I pushed. Thanks a lot. So, but it's still a win because I don't lose money there. Pittsburgh plus one, that hit. New England minus two. Obviously, that was a bust. Uh, that was a happy bust, though. I was like, it was a win-win situation for me as a Niner fan, right? Because it's like, okay, if the if New England covers and wins, then it's good for the picks and it's good for, you know, my bet. But if the Niners win, then it's just good all around for my team. So win-win situation there. Uh, Arizona covered the three and a half. Uh, I thought that they were going to, and they did. I thought, you know, it played out exactly how I thought it was going to, except Arizona won because Russell Wilson made three interceptions. Very rare for him. And then Denver plus nine. It was a pipe dream, maybe, but I, my spicy pick of the week. But also, I thought that, you know, if, if the offense had played a little bit better, they'd probably cover the plus nine because the defense played really good. I think Fangio's done a fantastic job. All right, let's get into that Monday night football game, and then let's get the hell out of here on a Monday. So the Bears are taking on the L.A. Rams. L.A. is favored by six points. I'll start with Chicago. Their cornerback, Sherrick McManus, he's out for this one. Khalil Mack, he was limited Saturday in practice, but he's probably going to play. That's kind of been his deal this uh, he this season. He's been kind of w- working through a knee injury. Uh, he seems, his knee seems to be better, but now it's his back, so we'll see what goes on there. Cornerback, Buster Screen, and safety, Deion Bush, they are both questionable. For L.A., they're really healthy right now. Only their tight end, Tyler Higby, is questionable. I think the Rams are going to take it here. Last week against the Niners, they were embarrassed a little bit. They're going to bounce back from that. Jared Goff was not great. Uh, a couple, He's a couple of completions away from winning that game to Cooper Cup. They were only one for nine on when he was targeting Cooper Cup, not good enough. I also think that the Rams defense is better than people think. It's six in yards allowed right now. They're only allowing 19 points per game. Uh, but the reason why I'm picking the Rams here is because the Bears' offense is just so bad. And it's it's so painful. If you're a fan of the Bears, it's the most painful thing to watch. And I'm so sorry that you have to I – mean, because I think that the Rams – this could get ugly very quickly. If not, like, the only way it doesn't is if the Bears defense steps up and gives the Bears offense short fields, okay? Because I think that the Bears defense is Super Bowl caliber. It's a type of defense that can win you a Super Bowl. But the offense right now, oh, man, it's like pulling teeth, man. It's so, it's so bad. 31st in rushing yards per, in rushing. 29th or 25th in passing. They're 29th in yards per game with a just over 300. Uh, it's it's so bad. And for those of you that say, like, oh, my God, Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP from years years gone. Oh, he's so good. No. Nay, nay. He has not been good, okay? People were saying, like, oh, yeah, it's a step up from Trubisky. We're on the same freaking step, all right? It's a, it's a lateral movement. Maybe there's a little bit of an incline, right? We're not on an escalator. We're on the moving walkway, okay? 
Like there's been it's it's a step up like in 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 La La Land. Okay, it he has been terrible. It's been very up and down. But you know what? They've been finding ways to win games. Okay, and you got to give it up to Matt Nagy for doing that. But like for the love of God, can we figure out how to run the ball, please? Can Foles figure out how to hit a wide open receiver? I mean, because we have the talent on offense, man. You got Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. You got the rookie Moody in there. He's been great. Okay, you got Jimmy Grandpa. <laughs> That's a name I'm stealing. Fantasy Footballers. It's a great podcast on Spotify if you want to know fantasy news. That's their nickname for Jimmy Graham. He's had a good season. David Montgomery, he's a very talented back, but he keeps getting hit in the backfield when he's trying to run the ball. There's really not much space for him. He's trying his dangdest to get something going. Something's got to give, though. Come on, Bears. Let's get it going. I'm rooting for this. another kind of win-win situation, right? So I'm going to pick the Rams for my pickums which is good, but if the Bears end up winning, then I'm good. As, I'm happy as a fan, but we'll see, man. I think this should get ugly very quickly because the, Nick Foles in this offense, oh, man, Matt Nagy's trying everything, man. He's throwing the, the kitchen sink in. They just can't find a way. But So, yeah, I think the Rams are going to bounce back here. Goff's going to have a better game, uh, and he'll connect with Coop, Cooper Cup more often. The defense is going to be dominant because I think that they have done a really good job. They really, in the last week against the Niners, they shut them out. So I think that they're gonna they're gonna hold their own against the Bears because I I just don't trust the Bears offense. However, though, the last time these two teams did play, though, it was two years ago. It was in Chicago at Shoulder Field, and the Bears absolutely destroyed the Rams. Goff had a god awful day. No pun intended there. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, man. Any given Sunday, any given Monday in this case. So it should be a really entertaining game, and it should be a great game to close out the week. Uh, to close out week seven in the NFL. All right, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for listening. Whew, what a great weekend, man. Uh, every weekend has been great, but, I mean, with the with the game four in the World Series, I uh, just took it over the top, man. It's, it's been sensational. Hey, if you've been enjoying these podcasts or enjoying this episode in particular, feel free to share it with anyone who you think would enjoy it as well. It should be another great week of sports coming up. I'm looking forward to it. With all that being said, have a great start to your week. Go watch some sports. Let's go Bears tonight, and I will catch you guys in the next one.